Support comes from Kenmore Air, offering escapes to the beautiful San Juan Islands this spring. Convenient daily 45-minute flights to San Juan Island, Orcas, and Lopez Islands from only $169 per person one way. Bookings available now at KenmoreAir.com. Hi, it's Bill Radke, host of KUOW's Week in Review, and I'm back with another episode of Words in Review. NPR recently interviewed a new Congress member from Salem, Oregon, about the bumpy start to her first term. The host noted that because Republicans took so long to choose their House Speaker, Representative Andrea Salinas had to wait four days to be sworn in. It's only four days, but four days seems like a lot if you only got two years. That's right. And that's how I was feeling. As a freshman member, you really are low man on the totem pole. Low man on the totem pole is a cliched way of saying the lowest ranking member of a team. The term low man on the totem pole just like doesn't make sense with how totem poles work. Joey Clift is an enrolled member of a tribe that carves totem poles, the Cowlitz tribe of southwest Washington. He says in native culture, low man on the totem pole is considered a nonsense phrase. I don't necessarily think that like what's the bottom of the totem pole is less important than what's the middle of the totem pole, for example, because a lot of these totem poles, they're meant to be stories. Clift is a TV writer and a comedian who did a video series for Comedy Central called Gone Native. One of the videos is called... Every time you say something is your spirit animal, you have to give every Native American person you know $25. Even if you really love that actor, $25. Even if that animal, like, totally gets you, $25. Even if you're at Coachella, $25. Wait, make that one $50. The video covers a lot of expressions, including low man on the totem pole, also Indian giver, powwow, off the reservation, and smoke the peace pipe. Whenever they're used kind of, you know, carelessly or like without thought, um, you're basically devaluing this thing that's like, you know, oftentimes a valuable term among Native folks. So we're going to start taxing you for it. So uh, that congressman, I'm going to say, owes me, uh, you know, a big 25 bucks. I'll be waiting by my mailbox. That check better be in the mail. (laughs) Clift says he's not canceling anyone. He's not being woke. He's just trying to save you from offending somebody and looking bad like the singer Rihanna did when she called her choreographer. Her spirit animal, like when actress Carrie Washington said her spirit animal is actress Kate Winslet, like when incoming Seattle Mariners players were asked to tell their new teammates their spirit animal and to demonstrate its movements. So a spirit animal for um, you know a lot of indigenous people is think about it as being similar to like a Catholic patron saint. It's like it's something that you earn throughout the um, the practice of your culture and it's kind of bestowed upon you by your culture. And, um, you know, because of that, it is this like, you know, really valuable thing for a lot of indigenous folks. Having somebody just refer to like Chester Cheetah as their spirit animal is like hugely <laughs> offensive. Yeah, uh, You know, I mean, unless you unless you went on the uh, journey that it's required to get a spirit animal and Chester Cheetah appeared to you as your spirit animal, Chester Cheetah is not your spirit animal. You could just say, I like Cheetos, or I relate to that character. It's kind of like a stolen valor thing. If you walked around and said um, that you were a Medal of Honor recipient, somebody would stop you and say, "Uh, no, you're not. That's a very weird thing to say without earning it. And here's another of Joey Clift's videos. Dear legendary horror author Stephen King, instead of using Indian burial grounds in your books, have you thought about using European burial grounds? 
The Indian burial ground is a Hollywood trope. It was used in Pet Cemetery and Amityville Horror and the movie of The Shining and more. Typically, a white person's house is built on an ancient Indian burial ground, causing disturbed spirits of the ancients to get all spooky. You know what's scarier than tribal lands? Italy. Italy is shaped like a foot. But where's the rest of the body? What if instead of being in a house built on an Indian burial ground, the Amityville Horror was in the Vatican? The Pope drinks blood and eats human flesh twice a day. He's basically real-life Dracula. Bleh! It's weird that horror media puts a special level of uh, mysticism on Indian burial grounds when uh, burial grounds in Europe are way scarier. Paris is ter- Paris is literally built on a mountain of human bones. Yeah, it's terrifying. The catacombs. Uh, yeah, the cat the Paris catacombs. Why do you hate us? Native culture isn't scary. We're nice people. Indian burial grounds aren't real. Each tribe has their own burial practices, but they don't call them Indian burial grounds. Why would they? That's super weird. There's no such thing as an Indian burial ground in the same way that there's no such thing as a European burial ground. There might be like a Cowlitz burial ground or, um, you know, like a Cherokee burial ground. To say that there's a burial ground just for a specific race of people is like uh, very weird because there are 574 tribal nations across this country that are federally recognized, hundreds more at the state level. We all have um, different... um, you know, uh, cultures, languages, customs, the differences from one tribe to another tribe culturally might be as big as the differences between like London and Egypt. What I don't like about those kinds of things is it basically paints native people as being, you know, to one people who are no longer here, which is not true. I'm on this radio show talking to you. Hmm. And um, two, it paints us as just like magical, evil spirits of vengeance, which sounds very cool, but that's just like not the truth. And I think it just kind of like it basically makes the comment that native people only exist in the past tense and only exist to shame people for, you know, like genocide or whatever. And I guess to that, I would say there are plenty of living native people who would guilt you about that too. <laughs> you don't have to use <laughs> our ghosts. You know, I think that um, it's a really easy way to like narratively kind of brush that stuff under the rug as something that's a past issue and not an issue that we're still working through, you know, as a country. We are working through the issue. It's not a gotcha game because you said something wrong. It's just that words matter. If not to you, then to your fellow human beings. We all have blind spots, right? We all have things that we're not educated about. We're all humans. We're all going to like make cultural faux pas or whatever. You know, if if somebody politely says, hey, maybe don't do this thing or hey, maybe don't say this phrase. Hey, Hey, maybe don't refer to people as an Indian giver or something like that. You know, don't dig your heels in. Just like take that feedback. It takes all of one second to try to think of a better word to use for these terms. And that's not just for native stuff. I think that's just across the board. Like if you're, if you're making comments or saying things that are important to a group that you're not a part of, try not to be a jerk. That would be cool. I really appreciate that. (laughs) It doesn't seem like you're asking that much. Yeah. I'm not asking for the world. I'm just asking to, uh, Stop referring to meetings as powwows. And if you do, please send me $25. There's a tax for that now. (laughs) (laughs) That's it for this week's Words in Review. I'll be back in a few days with another Week in Review. Here's your part in the meantime. What is a word 
or phrase you've been hearing. It's in the news or it's in the culture, and it always makes you go, hmm, let me know so I can do an episode about it. Email me at bradke, B-R-A-D-K-E, at K-U-O-W dot org. Talk soon.